Welcome to Behave Intelligently, an uncensored exploration of behavior in the workplace, life, and a larger world. I'm your host, Jay Johnson. Thank you for joining this week's edition where we're going to talk about motivation. This is actually going to be a two-part series, and today we're going to focus on self-motivation. The next topic will actually focus on motivating other people. As always, I am joined by our behavioral all-stars from Coeus Creative Group, Mr. Mark Garrison. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? Good. Are you feeling motivated to talk about motivation? I'm super pumped. Excellent. And uh, Stephanie Sim, how are you, dear? I'm doing well. I am, you know, working up that motivation. Sometimes this little thing called wanting to sleep gets in the way. <laughs> I can understand that for sure. And Madison Bennett, how are you, dear? Oh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as Stephanie. I'm good, but I'm tired. Ready to go. All right, well, we're going to work on making sure that we're all motivated by the time that this one uh, concludes here. But I want to start with a little story. And if you're like most people, you've probably experienced this. It's, it's about, you know, six in the morning, seven in the morning, whatever time you wake up. And uh, that annoying, loud, buzzing alarm clock goes off. And if you're like most, uh, most people, you are so comfortable in your bed, your covers are up, you're nice and, and cozy, you reach over and you hit that snooze button. No big deal. You got nine minutes if you're an Apple user, or you got 10 minutes if you know, you're using a standard alarm clock but you hit that snooze button and you lay back down. Now, at this point in time, you're probably not getting what would be called any good sleep, uh, but you're still comfortable. You're in that nice comfort zone. And nine minutes later, that alarm goes off again and you hear a voice and that voice is in your head and it says, you better get up, Jay. If you don't get up, you're gonna be late. And then a second voice comes into play and that voice starts going, but, well, what if we just, we can brush our teeth while we're in the shower. That'll save us some time. That'll save us a few minutes. And, you know, I could probably uh, go without my coffee today, and that'll save us a few minutes. Let's just hit that snooze button one more time. And you do that, and you go back to that comfy, cozy, and then all of a sudden, nine minutes later, it seems like uh, just, just a moment, but that nine minutes happens, and you hit the snooze button again. You hear those voices, and they're telling you, you better really get up. Or you're going to be late. Now, if you've gone through any of that scenario in the morning, that's really becoming a question of motivation. And how are you motivated to get up in the morning? How do you motivate yourself to take on the tasks of the day? How do you uh, get yourself to be productive or to manage all of those different things that you really want to get done on your to-do list? So let's start this conversation by talking a little about what motivates you? And you know, each person has different sets of drivers and things that they do, but let's talk a little bit about, team, tell me, what is something that actually motivates you? Like, what do you just jump up and you're like, woo, here we go, I am ready to do this. You know, that's a tough one. Um, I think for me, uh, it's it's automatic. Uh, so when you're in your bed scenario, I'm I'm not a snooze button guy. Okay. My alarm goes off and I'm up and I'm I'm going for the most part. Um, so there's no delay there. And in fact, this is going to sound weird to a lot of people. If I have to leave the house at say 8 a.m., I am up two hours before departure time. Okay. If I have to leave the house at 4 a.m. I'm up at 2 a.m. Wow. It's just, I've always been that way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and so for me, I think with my background, spending almost uh, 15, 20 years in the political space or in the government space, uh, I'm a strategy guy. I like coming up with strategies that win. And so there's probably a little bit of a competitive side there that is, is my motivator. Whether it's competing against someone else or just competing against myself. Okay. Well, that actually, so that competition aspect of it gets you in there. Now, were you competitive in other things too, or what maybe motivated you towards politics? Uh, I really just like strategy. Okay. I like trying to outthink the other person. Um, and maybe that was same, like as a kid, board games, same way. You know, I really like the more strategy-based games than the 
more of the luck of the draw, I guess. That makes sense. And you're a natural problem solver too. So I can see where that strategy comes out. You know, if there's a challenge or something, you seem very motivated to, all right, let's look at some different possible solutions. Probably fits with your behavioral elements profile of being a little bit air in that question too. So yeah, I would say so. <laughs> that makes sense. What about you ladies? What would, uh, what's something that motivates you? For me personally, it's um, kind of showing up for others, whether that's in my personal life, at work, you know, just doing my part um, and, you know, using my platform and influence to motivate others. You know, again, whether that's at work, um, in my personal life, on my personal social media, maybe it's because I have this whole, um, I don't want to say power, but you know, that's what happens when you, when you run social media for clients <laughs> and work in marketing, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. So coming out for others, speaking of which, you just recently became a certified trainer too. How, what was that? What motivated you to go into that direction? Yeah. Um, you know, I had a friend who was certified um, in 305 Fitness. That's what I got certified in specifically. Um, but yeah, I think just trying to become a leader in the community, um, you know, it's not only about fitness, I guess, it's about other things and other topics as well, you know, using my platform to speak out on things, you know, with everything going on right now. Um, that's something that I've been trying to do, use my classes for that as well, raise money for organizations, um, that, you know, need it. Awesome. So you're taking it from almost like a leadership perspective, you know, using your voice that you have and you're motivated to do that. That's pretty cool. What about you, Stephanie? Oh, for me, I think a lot of it comes from um, kind of like self-improvement or uh, acquiring knowledge. Like, do I want to watch this documentary? Like, yes, I think it'll help me understand the world better. Or do I want to, um, I don't know, listen to this podcast yeah, I think it'll it'll help expand my horizons or whatever. And I'm very interested in gathering all this info and, and new information. Um, so that's part of it. But another part of it comes from like, honestly, enjoyment. So uh, will this thing make me or someone else feel good, feel happy, feel uh, fulfilled? Okay. Well, that makes sense. And, and it's so great kind of looking at this and hearing these things that are coming out of you because they're very consistent with even your profiles, like Madison and being a fire and being a little bit direct and driven to, for change. And Stephanie, with you being a water and air sign, the curiosity play. But one of the things that you said was, yeah, I'm motivated if it makes me and, and other people happy. It's just, it's really interesting to kind of see those those parlays. And I guess mine's really no different. Um, as, as you guys probably know, I played competitive hockey for years and years and years. And a big part of the motivating factor for me was my team. And that's always been one of my biggest uh, motivators is I'm, I'm motivated by the team that's around me. Uh, whether that's you guys and and wanting to make sure that the team's in good shape and healthy and and uh, getting the things that they want out of life or whether that's even like in that competitive hockey. I, I remember a number of times putting myself in, in quite a bit of danger in hockey to protect a teammate or to, you know, manage a situation and, you know, depending on, well, you know how hockey goes. So I think one of the things that we need to do is really kind of define what is motivation. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk and we see TED Talks on this all the time. We see books and literature about how to stay motivated or get motivated or how to motivate others. But I think one of the things that we really focus on at, uh, you know, our company is how the brain really looks at motivation. And one of the things that we really focus is that the brain goes towards pleasure and away from pain. So if we take that whole snooze button scenario that we started off with, you know, that might be a typical day where you're going to work or where you're going to do something that you may not want to do. But if we switched that around and said that was a day that you were on vacation, you might find yourself waking up without ever having to even hear the alarm. Uh, because our brain really puts us in a place where we try to avoid the things that causes pain and we are motivated towards the things that create pleasure for us. And that's within the dopamine system and the frontal cortex and all that fun stuff. 
So a lot of times we hear two different frameworks of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation with intrinsic being those internal drivers, those specific, uh, those specific internal things that really push us forward and maybe give us purpose. Whereas extrinsic are the external forces that are telling us, you know, things like money or rules or peer pressure. So I'm kind of curious, I want to test the team here and say, you know, this is obviously something that we really focus on because these are behavioral drivers in a big way. What are some of the intrinsic motivators that stand out for you or maybe uh, that you look at and you recognize and say, hey, this is totally me. I am driven by this sort of internal desire. Well, I think earlier I'd said I'm sort of a competitive person or, or I like to win with my strategy. So I think that's a, a pretty solid one. And, and uh, another one for me, I think is sort of, I don't know what to be classified as, but some flexibility or freedom in what I'm doing. And I find when I'm in a position or a job that doesn't allow me that level of uh, flexibility, um, I get demotivated, I would say. So some something around the, the freedom of doing what I want to do, how I want to do it without micromanagement. Yeah, that, that really falls into those two intrinsic drives of autonomy and competition. A There's lot of, the word I was looking for, autonomy. Yeah. So those, those ones are, are big drives. We're, you know, no one, no one loves to be micromanaged. No one loves to be over there, but some people have a very high, uh, a very high percentage of their uh, behaviors that are driven by that need for autonomy or that need for freedom especially people that go into business for themselves, i.e. us. So that makes a lot of sense. What about you, uh, Stephanie? What are, what are some of your major intrinsic motivators? I'd say one is um, the need for community and acceptance. Like I will go to the party or the game night or the picnic so I can maintain or create relationships with the people that are important to me. And I'm always looking for ways to... Um, to contribute to those. So I think that's a major one in my life. That makes sense. The approval, you know, that approval drive is a really powerful one. And it's, it's based back on uh, our survival that being accepted into a group or being accepted into a community was a much higher likelihood of surviving rather than if you were not necessarily to be accepted or ostracized from one of those groups. Do you have any others that really stand out to you? I guess also, um, I, I'm a person who has a very kind of strict code of right and wrong in terms of morality. And so I'm always kind of thinking about, does this action fall within my value set? And, um, and if yes, you know, full steam ahead. If no, we need to reevaluate. So I would say values um, is one. That's great. So we all have a certain set of values that we do abide by, and a lot of people really kind of stick to those. So that's that's something that ends up driving a whole host of our behaviors. Like for example, I mean, one of the values that I was uh, that I was instilled with when I was younger was, you know, opening doors for people or you know being uh, you know being polite. And sometimes that can be a competing value with other people in the way that they see the world. And if you've ever listened to my dealing with difficult people talk, I tell a kind of a funny story about how those things can interact with each other. But I, I, I also see that in you too. So that's, that's great. I see these different drives. Madison, what about you? What are some of your major intrinsic drives? I already kind of touched on the whole power and influence thing. Um, in my earlier spiel, but uh, I also am big on um, wellness and health, and I am all about self-care. I think it's so important um, to me. It is extremely important to take care of your own mind and body in order to show up fully in other places of your life, again, whether that's in your social life, at work. Um, you know, I think it's super, super, super important to take a moment out of your day every day um, for yourself and kind of like accessibility, I guess, um, that goes a lot with everything going on with COVID, you know, for me, um, when I got certified as an instructor, I wanted to make sure that my classes 
we're accessible to people that, um, you know, don't have access to a home gym. You know, that's a big thing. You know, I'm not having people use a bunch of equipment or anything. And that's kind of part of the whole 305 atmosphere. But being able to access those things, um, I've kept my classes free because I know that a lot of people are just now going back to work. Um, so, you know, money is tight for people still. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as RuPaul says, um, how, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else if you can't love yourself? <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I, I think you tapped into a couple there too. You have a very strong sense of justice. You've got a, a justice drive that goes with probably, you know, your morality set that, that, uh, that is also that intrinsic drive. So driving for accessibility and things like that is a big part um, in that justice. And that makes a lot of sense that you're uh, identifying health and wellness as a driver, given that you certified in a health and wellness program. So that's pretty cool. There's a number of other ones. I would say that one that really kind of motivates me is uh, the intrinsic drive of curiosity. I always want to know, how does that work? Why did they do that? Where is that at? So that's one of the foundations and, and reasons that we went down this behavioral intelligence pathway was trying to understand people's behavior, trying to understand why in the hell did you think that that was a good idea to execute? So that's one of my largest ones outside of the family and tribe, which I touched on. And then, all right, I'm going to have to be a little bit honest here. I probably have just a touch, just a touch of the status and ego drive. I, I know it's not out of control or anything. <laughs> Just a fraction, <laughs> just a small fraction. Just a fraction. Like, I, th th it may have something to do, but we all have an ego. We all have that status drive to some extent. This is why we choose one brand over another or why we uh, make a decision to use um, certain, you know, certain behaviors over other behaviors. There's a number of other intrinsic drives, and we, we all have all of these, whether it's the survival, the safety, uh, you know, even something at like sex and romance, all of these internal things that kind of give us a purpose in human, uh, in human existence. But we see some people that really kind of tap into those different intrinsic drives more so than other ones. And sometimes those things can really be uh, at odds with each other. Like, for example, our desire for health and wellness uh, might be at odds with the intrinsic drive for um, uh, play and excitement. And we might see that where it's, okay, I know I probably shouldn't go get a pizza, but I want the enjoyment and the pleasure of the pizza. You know, I know it's not the healthiest choice that I could be making right now. Or I so, shouldn't stay up till three in the morning watching every episode of Never Have I Ever. But, you know, yeah, is it exactly. worth wellness versus play? Yeah. And, and so we see these drives, you can even compete with each other. You know, the other end of the motivating spectrum is the extrinsic thing. So this is like, I'm motivated by pay. I'm motivated by the laws or the rules, or, you know, uh, I'm motivated by my peers or recognition and rewards. And one of the really interesting things about motivation and that has been studied is a lot of times those motivational factors are short-lived. They're very short-term uh, and they only provide just a little bit of motivation, but it's really getting into those intrinsic drives that can help us to really understand what we want. And I, I've, if you've ever experienced this, maybe you've been working at a place and uh, you know you think, all right, you know the thing that's going to make me happy is uh, a bigger office, which would be an ex extrinsic motivator, or what's really going to make me happy is a company car, and then you get that, and then all of a sudden two weeks later, you still find that you're miserable, you might be finding the disconnect between extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. All right, so let's talk about some things that maybe demotivate us. And you know, there's a big question out there about whether motivation's innate, you know, it just exists inside of, or is it something that we have to like actively maintain or actively choose to be motivated? Uh, I probably fall on the actively choose to be motivated side because with that understanding of pain and pleasure, you know, I know that naturally my body's going to stop me from doing things that could be painful or want to stop me from doing things that could be painful and want 
to do things that are more pleasurable as opposed to painful. Uh, so I think it, it really does come down to choice, but let's hear a little bit about maybe what demotivates you or things that kind of take you off of that motivational pathway and see if, you know, procrastination or something is, is revolving around those sort of demotivators. Um, what do you think, Madison? What is something that maybe completely just shuts your motivation down? I am um, a big perfectionist, which is no secret. Um, we've talked about this in several episodes. <laughs> so I get in my head a lot um, and it just really drags me down when I want everything to be perfect. At every job interview, whenever they ask you that question, that's like, what's you know, one thing, one trait about yourself that you, you don't like and that's it for me. My boyfriend okay. would say the same. <laughs> So you're an overthinker, huh? Yeah. Why, what, what do you think, what do you think ultimately brought about that need for perfection inside of you? Honestly, that's a good question. I think um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, my behavioral preference as a fire. Um, there is this need for like winning and competition. Um, so to me, like perfection is going to get me there. But sometimes that's not that's not the case. It just it kind of like drags me down and takes me longer to get to an end goal when you know I have this behavioral driver that wants me to get there faster and quicker than everyone else. <laughs> I was totally going to poke fun at you for being a fighter <laughs> and wanting to win and make sure that you were at that exceptional level. So if you haven't taken the behavioral elements profile, you can go to our website. And uh, there's a quick free profile. It doesn't cost you anything. It'll give you a little bit of information about your primary driver. Madison and I are both fires, and I think that both of us suffer a little bit from perfectionism on, a, on occasion. Uh, when you say that it demotivates you, so like, is it is it when it's uh, you're not able to hit that perfection, or do you find it to be something that's like uh, uh, just p paralyzing? How does that how does that play out for you? It bogs me down because I get lost in the tiny little minuscule details that come with perfectionism. You know, I need every little thing to be where it is. Like, this is something that is in my daily life, like, even around the house. I'm like, the pillow needs to go here. I get in mm -hmm. fights with my boyfriend all the time. He, he doesn't understand <laughs> it. I'm like, this is the way the pillows go. This is where that our little coffee table, like, thing needs to go. And he's like, why does it matter? I'm like, I can't sleep. It just runs through my mind. Like I can't go to bed until it's in the right spot. <laughs> that sounds a little, uh, that sounds a little earthy too. I'm not going to lie. Very systematic. <laughs> you know, everything has a place here. <laughs> Stephanie, what about you? What is, uh, what's something that demotivates you? Well, it's funny you mentioned earth because mine is very earthy, even though I'm a water. Uh, what do what demotivates me is a, a disruption to my schedule or my plans. So my motivation is very closely tied with a concrete map for how to satisfy the motivation, how to check off the box on the task list, list, and it'll be scheduled in my calendar, it'll be in my planner, it'll just, it will be systematically cataloged. And if something happens like hmm, a storm goes and blows the power out for 24 hours, um, now that or, a plans, or a global <laughs> pandemic. Exactly. Um, that kind of erases my mental map of what's going to happen. Um, I find it really hard to pick up pieces and re-map it all out. And so that is one way to gut my motivation. Okay. So it's really for you if, if the routine's broken or if it's uh, having to re- think or reimagine the uh, essentially the outcome or the direction or the pathway that you're getting there it's hard to get it restarted is am I understanding that correctly? yeah I think that's what it is because I think I, I heavily rely on um, that original plan and then um, and then my brain goes haywire with what do we do now um, and with the pandemic also some um, sometimes when my uh, when like an event comes and makes my motivation feel uh, small or inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, it's hard to feel like it's important anymore. So, do I need to send that email today when uh, when the whole country is in a global health crisis? Maybe they can sure. do without their email, and I can panic about 
coronavirus. Okay. So in some cases, it's almost like a, a, a motivation of prioritization. That's a, yeah. that's a really fascinating way to look at it is in the big scheme of things, why should I worry about this small stuff, which sometimes the small stuff is the really important stuff if there's something looming out there that seemingly is much larger. Yes. And I'm not saying that's a good way to look at things by any means, um, <laughs> but it, it can have an impact. And sometimes um, the small things like the little emails that I mentioned was, I was avoiding can help ground you in the midst of the big stuff. Okay. That makes sense. Mark, what about you? What's, what's a demotivator for you? Uh, for me, it's, it's when, my plan doesn't work. And what I mean by that is I'm an introvert. I like to listen to people talk and process what they're saying. And I'll take all those pieces together and I strategize and think about different ideas and ways to do things. And I may run through a hundred different variable routes in terms of how a plan might work. And I think through all of the outcomes and, you know, narrow stuff down to that doesn't work. Let's try this. And I start initiating that plan. And when that plan goes awry, because, you know, maybe my plan goes from A to Z and I've already thought about steps B, C, D, and so on. But the people I'm working with go, well, no, we have to go to B. Nope. Now we have to go to C. Now we have to go to D and I'm like, yeah, but I've thought about all that. We can just go right to A to Z and that's easy. And then I get frustrated because the plan doesn't work. And I don't want to say I pack up my toys and go home, but oftentimes I pack up my toys and go, all right, fine. You can do it your way. I'll be sitting <laughs> over at Z waiting for you to catch up. <laughs> so, well, and it's interesting. That's very, that's very close. Well, close to what Stephanie had said about the routine and the planning, but almost in, and it makes a lot of sense with what you said about being strategic or having that strategy mind and thinking through those different pathways or using thought experiments to analyze, all right, where does this land and how does this land and thinking through that. So in terms of the frustration part, ultimately it sounds like in those instances, you kind of just shut down a little bit or pull back just a little bit, or how does that end up playing out? Uh, you know, it depends on which perspective you're looking at it. If you're looking at it from mine, I'm not going to waste my time and I'm going to go work on something else. Okay. Uh, if, if, you're on, if, you're, if you're the team member or part of that group, they might be like, oh, he just shut down and doesn't want to help. Well, yeah, I suppose that's a perspective to look at it that way too. Well, and in that perspective and, and looking at that sort of competing perspectives, if it's something where at this point in time, all right, we've been through this, this is your direction and you're taking it, there can be an element of value in even saying, uh, I disagree with you and I'm going to let you go ahead and run this course and we'll figure it out from there. Let me know if you need me as opposed to necessarily being like, this is the dumbest thing ever and having to trudge all the way through it and just completely sapping your motivation every moment of the way too. Right, exactly. And sometimes those scenarios are like Groundhog's Day. It's like, hey guys, we've revisited this over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned Groundhog's Day. I think you nailed one of mine, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's one of those where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. Uh, I don't have any ill will or hatred towards you. Go, go do your thing. I'm going to invest my time and resources in something else that can be more productive. You know, I like strategy. If you don't like my strategy, that's fine. I'll go work on strategy somewhere else. Yeah. You had mentioned that Groundhog's Day, and I think that is probably the most demotivating thing for me is monotony when the same thing day in day out and it's funny it, it reminded me of a story i was i don't know i was probably like 19 or 20 years old and i was when i was still in a uh, college in my undergraduate years and you know over the summer we'd have the opportunity to work or anything else when it wasn't the debate season and i remember 
getting a job with one of uh, with one of my very very close friends, and we got a job in a packaging factory. And uh, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying anything. I was so appreciative to have the job, but I realistically had the job for like three days or four days and it just did not work out because day one I show up and they walk me around this factory and I, I remember like I can remember the scent of this factory it was just it, it's everything that you're imagining right now and it's like this cardboard and productions and machines and you know noise and whirling and everything else and they walk me over to this to this table and this small table in the corner and there's this gigantic big box of card uh, cardboard box that ultimately has thousands and i'm talking thousands of plastic kids pom-pom toys so like the ones with the little plastic handles and the little fuzzies that go out the end it's these pom-pom toys and on the opposite side of this table is cardboard sheaths and basically my job was to take a cardboard sheath bend it slide one of the pom-pom handles into it and then put it into a different box and then do it again and again and again and again and it was three days into this and i literally ended up hiding at one point in time inside of one of the boxes of pom-pom and fell asleep inside of there for a good solid three hours it was really comfortable to lay on interestingly enough but uh, i just couldn't handle it but that was maybe just one of the most demotivating things was doing the same thing over and over and over again. Has anybody else experienced that? Is it is there a, a demotivating factor from monotony? Oh, sure. Uh, definitely. I mean, that's, uh, that's part of why I like that autonomy and freedom with stuff, because if I get bored, I can change it up and I don't have to sit there and do a strict structured daily task over and over and over again. Um, I think my brain would melt if I had to look at spreadsheets all day long and deal with uh, like numbers and finance stuff. I mean, that's thankfully my wife handles all that stuff for our household because even just an hour of that and I would be done. That probably makes one of our other uh, partners, Adam, cringe when he hears you say that one on, on your podcast. Let's talk about some different things one of the things that I've noticed has been fear is one of the biggest demotivators for people. When people are afraid, and, and I'll even give my own personal story on this, when, and, and we think about fear in different ways. Maybe it's uncertainty, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's whatever it is. But if I have a task that I'm uncertain on how to accomplish or how long it's going to take, or I'm uncertain, or I have a fear of you know what the consequences are, I find that I procrastinate on that task or I'll push that task backwards and not be motivated to necessarily take it on if there's some level of uncertainty. And I justify it to myself by saying, I just want to think about it a little longer or transitioning and saying, oh, well, I can just do these nine little things so much you know, easier right now. And I'll do those nine things as opposed to the one big hairy frog that I have to eat at some point in time. Do you guys experience any of that with like uncertainty? Absolutely. Like if in some cases, the more I want something, the less likely I am to do it because I'm afraid that it's going to go wrong or backfire in some way or that um, it, all the circumstances have to line up and be perfect for me to hit the go button. And even when I was little, like if I had a favorite toy or a favorite shirt, um, I would hide it away in a drawer because it was precious to me and I would never use it and then forget about it. See, for me, uh, if I like it, that's the priority for me. Um, my favorite shirts, I always wore. The shirts that I didn't like as much, well, they're probably still in pristine condition. Um, I've had a task on my plate for the last week to work on some budget stuff. It's due today. I'm currently working on the budget stuff because I put it off all week long. And it goes back to, I wasn't afraid of it. Or was, there was no uncertainty, but I, it's stuff I disliked. And so- Painful. Yeah, it was painful. There was, there was other things that were not a high priority item that I spent time working on because I wanted to, 
and also just so I didn't have to work on the budgets. I think that's in both of those cases, I think it, it definitely demonstrates that brain's capacity to go towards pleasure and away from pain. What about you, Madison? Any experience in that fear, anxiety, uncertainty, or not knowing, or? I'd say yes and no. Um, you know, socially, I don't really experience that. Um, I've always been like a, I don't know how to put this, uh, like a head first person, like, I don't really care what other people think of me. So I don't have a lot of fear when it comes to things. So no. like, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Confident too. <laughs> but um, I guess maybe more in like my professional life, I get a little more anxious around that stuff. Um, it's not as big of a deal now, but you know, this was a whole big new thing for me. I hadn't done anything in marketing before. Um which is specifically a lot of what I do for Coeus. Um, so yeah, I guess more in my professional life, maybe. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily experienced the fear as noted by my willingness to sacrifice the intrinsic drive for survival over something like status <laughs> and jumping on a wave runner and uh, flying around holding a cell phone. So I, I feel you on that question. I guess for me, sometimes it's really the question of, how painful is this going to be? So one of the things our listeners have said they love about the podcast the most is the solutions at the end. So let's give some ideas here on how to stay motivated. So one strategy of mine is to catalog your wins and to really acknowledge when your motivation is paying off and when it is going, going well, because it can kind of give you the momentum to continue along that path. And so I employ a planner. I use a planner religiously that helps me track um, my successes and failures, basically. Um, and then I can visually see, oh yes, we're making progress. We're going, we're going. If I can do this, um, think about what else I can do. Yeah, I'm on the right track. And that is my personal fuel to keep that motivation going. And um, you may have heard that we do have a planner program a Kickstarter for our behavioral elements planners, and it is almost the last day to pledge. So check it out. I think it's an amazing system because it is tailored to your specific thought process. Um, whether you're fire, water, earth, air, um, there's something for you. So go to our website and our social media. You could find the link to pledge and to learn more about the program and hit the pledge button. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think in general, um, a planner is a great way to track your motivation and to give yourself the, the accountability to keep moving forward. I like that. So you're kind of building momentum. And I, and I know that was, that was one of the thoughts that we had when we were putting the planners together was, how can we demonstrate that chain of wins or that uh, that momentum that you have week after week, day after day, month after month that you can look back on and be like, okay, if I keep just doing this, plugging away one day at a time, uh, you know, a lot of people I think get, get stuck in, if I want to write a book and they look at it and they look at it as a gigantic, daunting task rather than this small chain of wins like you're talking about, like today I'm going to write a sentence, tomorrow I'm going to write another sentence. And over the course of, uh, you know, the 365 days, minimally, I'm going to have 365 really well thought out, solid sentences. And that's a chain of wins that ultimately leads to that goal. So if you're like me, who's been planning on writing a book for the better part of a decade at this point in time, that's a strategy that I've started to use in order to stay motivated on that. So I, I really like that perspective, Stephanie. I think it's wonderful in there. Yeah, and Jay, I also like that you mentioned the possibility of looking back when you have a planner, because I think that that can really help. If you are experiencing a day that's a huge slump, you feel like you can get nothing done, I find it helps actually to flip back and say, well, you know, yesterday or last week, I did a lot. And it, it reminds you that that slump is not gonna last forever. And um, it might feel like it's consuming you, but it's just at one point in time. That's actually quite brilliant. And it really falls in line with uh, a cognitive bias that we have that when we're in a mo emotive state or when we're in a specific mindset, it's very difficult for us to actually imagine ourselves not in that mindset. So going back and looking at a day or a week or a month that you did have that motivation 
can really be motivating. It, it, it's a very fascinating concept. So brilliant strategy there. Mark, what's something that you would do to get yourself back on track or stay self-motivated? Well, earlier we mentioned that I'm a air type in the behavioral elements program and I'm pretty strong air, but I also have a pretty strong earth side to me. And um, kind of tying in a little bit what Stephanie was talking about, the air planners have the space where I can create and just jot down all my ideas. What that it also allows me to do is um, focus a little bit on time management and calendaring and, and kind of structuring that stuff out. And that that's what really helps me is putting an order to my tasks or whatever I'm working on. And so that's where that earth side comes out a little bit with the structure, the calendar and the order. Um, you know, and I talked a little bit in the previous podcast episode uh, that we talked about time management about I live by my calendar and, you know, I schedule in gaps of time just in case something happens. I've got cushions in there. Um, and so using time management uh, helps keep me motivated because when things start going crazy and they don't follow the plan or the schedule, I get frustrated and I get demotivated. So the better I'm at, at time managing and leaving in those gaps to play catch up, as you might call it, um, allows me to stay more motivated. And I know it's not exact, we don't have exactly the same strategy on time management, but I feel you on that. No, yeah, I feel you on that question though, because for me, deadlines are very motivating. If I have a deadline, that's going to make me prioritize something or really put the energy into it when necessary. So when you say something like, I have a budget I'm doing today and it's due today, that's actually like, for me, I'd be like, all right, ready? Here we go. I'm hitting this hard today because it's due today. That's, that actually like pumps me up to an extent. So. But the difference is my time management, I've got about six hours available on my calendar <laughs> in which I can get that done where you may have budgeted 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the difference. I've got that cushion. I've got other jobs that I need to work on, but not due today. I think and so that's where I that that time management helps keep me motivated because I'm like, okay, I got the time to get the stuff done and not be completely stressed about it and demotivated. See, and and that and I think that that's where that demotivational factor of monotony for me is like scheduling out six hours to work on that at one time. I'd rather push myself for the 15 minutes or the two hours that I'm, you know, calculating that it's going to take. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it can be very motivating to have to really work fast <laughs> and still be accurate. <laughs> right. So Madison, what about you? What's a solution that you would uh, offer to keep yourself motivated or to help people to stay motivated themselves for our listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, for me throughout this whole episode, I've kind of touched on this whole um, kind of like looking outside of myself for motivation. So others motivate motivate me to show up every day. So whether that's at work, um, doing work for clients or picking up a task for someone that might have a full plate today, um, or even showing up for clients for my fitness and classes um knowing that much for me I always say at my classes I'm like so important you showed up for yourself today and that's also leading by example you know I'm showing up so they're showing up um you know whether it's using my platform to talk about social justice issues um even if you have five followers you know maybe you share one resource and then one other person shares that resource um it's like this trickle down effect that other people are going to um I don't want to say follow you, but you know, they might follow suit. Oh, that's it's 100% because I probably never would have done one of those exercise routines, except for the fact that you showed up and you started doing it. And then all of a sudden I found myself in YouTube in very compromising positions and hurting myself <laughs> trying to follow along. And you know, it's uh, uh, thank God there's no cameras around when I'm trying to do some of those different routines because you are very, very talented in that question. So keep leading the way. <laughs> You're definitely. Now, now, Jay, did you do the, the routines because she inspired you or was it because she challenged you that you couldn't? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question because I'm sure that there's a little of column A and a little of column B there. You know, part of it is that tribe, right? Like Madison is part of my tribe and I'll do whatever I can to support my tribe. And, and, and you know what? You're launching this. That's fantastic. You got my support. You got my rooting for you. But you're damn right that there's some part of me that's like, I can do this too. I'm going to try to do this. And I just, I, I'm not going to lie, I did it in front of the mirror downstairs in my little makeshift uh, workout area. And I was like, I look like an a-hole. <laughs> but it was- See, it that's a, the thing. I it's always so much fun people, I'm like, don't focus on what you look like. Focus on how you feel. It is but a I lot of fun. I can also think, um, I can thank my uh, mom and stepdad for funding my 13 years of dance for the rhythm I have today. So yeah, very I can't good. take all the credit. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of fun. So for me, and it's and it's funny you say that, Mark, because there is an element of my solution when I'm struggling with motivation. And, and most of the time, I actually, especially for professional stuff, I am perpetually motivated by the work that we do. And, and as a lot of people have identified, I spend a lot of time working or reading or anything else, and it may be any time of the day or whatever. Uh, and I've been saying, you know, gosh, you, you, you work too much or anything else. And I'm like, do I? Because I don't feel like it's work. Like it's truly, truly enjoyable to me. So I'm very fortunate on that aspect. But in recent months, I have found myself, there's days where it's just, it's, I, my motivation is lower than I've experienced. And one of the things that uh, has really brought me back when I'm starting to get into one of those slumps or one of those motivated slumps is gamification techniques. I'm a competitor. I am a fire. I am a, I want to win. So I will start creating my own games in whatever it is. Like, I bet you I can't get this done in this amount of time and really kind of sit down and focus. So doing something like that and writing a blog post or in uh, designing something new or coming up with a, a series of uh, coming up with a series of different programs. I'll gamify my approach to it. And as my team has found out, I am very, very motivated when somebody tells me I can't. And if you say, Jay, I bet you can't do this, even if it's dumb, even if I know it's not a good idea, there's, it's, it's almost like Marty McFly being called, no one calls me chicken, but you tell me I can't do something and now I'm like, yeah? I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you that I can do this. And it doesn't matter whether I'm going to do it well or anything else. I'm going to do it and get it done and, and suffer through it. Like I said, as my team has more than aptly figured out about me, which is something. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, Jay, because, you know, I honestly, I bet you can't get those two blogs that you owe me <laughs> for, before you go to bed tonight. Yeah. Thanks. You just uh, sent me down a pathway, but all right, so we've talked a lot about motivation and some solutions and strategies to help you keep yourself motivated. Any final thoughts or anything that you want to leave the audience with before we cast ourselves out for this episode? You know, I really think, you know, we're talking about internal motivation and, or self-motivation, and it, it's really internal. You've got to really take a, a deep look at what is motivating you. It may not be the things we talked about today. It might be something completely different, um, but try to identify that. Look at your behaviors and see what motivates you or what demotivates you and, and try to find the solution that works. We can't necessarily tell you what it is. <laughs> you got to kind of dive a little deep in, in yourself. I think that's important. Self-reflection in that question and finding like what really brings me joy and what about it brings me joy can help us transition that idea of pain and pleasure within the brain and what drives us to go. That's great. Madison, Stephanie, what do you think? Your last final thoughts? I'd say motivation is rarely uh, ever 100% consistent. So do not be discouraged if you fall off the wagon. Uh, you can always get back on. That's a great point. You know, there's going to be days that you're going to lack motivation. And sometimes you're going to have those days where you're just kicking ass in everything that you do. And 
a lot of times if we use those days where we're really feeling good and we're really motivated to prepare things in advance for those days that we're not going to have the motivation, it could be a great strategy. So that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful thought to leave with. What about you, Madison? Um, I guess kind of going back to that intrinsic motivator of wellness. And ask the listeners, what did you do for yourself today? Take a moment, um, check in with yourself, try to take a, time, a second out of your day to do something for yourself so you can get that motivation back up to tackle whatever you need to do. Yeah, that's beautiful. So taking that time can be just motivating in and of itself and getting to know yourself, your behaviors and everything else a little bit better. So great advice. And I think mine is going to be whatever it is that's holding you back. If you realize that you're procrastinating on something or if you're unmotivated to start doing something, start asking yourself, what is painful about it? Or what is, what is stopping you? Is there a fear? Is there an anxiety? Is there a discomfort? And then just do it. And when we think about just doing it or getting out there, there's some great resources by a, a very brilliant woman, Mel Robbins, that talks about the five second rule, counting down from five, five, four, three, two, one, and it's like a rocket, you blast off. And that's really where motivation is, is whether it's innate, whether it's intrinsic, whether it's extrinsic or anything else, we really just get to make the choice of whether or not we're going to eat that frog today or whether or not we're going to put it off until tomorrow, until tomorrow, and until tomorrow. So remember the pain and pleasure. Identify what's causing the pain, and that'll hopefully give you the opportunity to overcome some of those things that are killing your motivation. But I want to say thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Behave Intelligently. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Coeus Creative Group, visit our website or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Tune in next time when we're going to talk more about behaving intelligently and motivating other people.